What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another exciting, exciting episode of Evening Alpha. I'm your host, Todd. Uh, how you guys doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, you know, I, I love Evening Alpha. I love uh, these these evenings we spend together uh, with the entire Web3 community. And tonight we have some phenomenal guests. Um, I cannot wait to introduce them to you. Um, uh, in the meantime, before we jump in, I do want to say... Uh, we have a lot of things coming up in the world of adult fantasy. We have the, uh, I'm very actually excited to announce, we have the Origin comic drop coming out uh, in two weeks. I'm not going to give you a specific date. You have to stay tuned for that. You got to hop into Discord for that. Uh, but this is the Origin comic, the history of Devoid. Uh, you, if you've been in the adult fantasy community long enough, uh, you know that a few months ago we dropped the Ashcan edition, the mini comic. Um, with our patented uh, aging, de-aging, and grading technology. We did a static grade on this beautiful uh, digital comic. Uh, and that will be, you will be able to burn that comic and receive an origin comic of this character. Uh, and uh, just to remind everybody that hasn't been in our community that long, everything we do is actually created by the community. So this story came out from our writer's room. The, the idea for it came out from the writer's room. The pitch came out from the writer's room. The, the, all of the, all of, a lot of the stuff that, that happens in the comic actually came out from the voting side. So this is a 100% a purely community-driven creation. And so we want to thank you guys for participating, and we cannot wait uh, to get this in, in your hot little hands. Um, it's, a, it's badass. It's really, really cool. Um, and I can't, we have some special things uh, also in store for that launch. Some, some brand, brand new things, you know, we can't just sit still, but I'm not going to tell you about that right now. Anyway, stay tuned to the discord and, uh, and the Twitter, and we will let you know all about that adult fantasy NFT. Don't just go to add adult fantasy. I don't know what's there. You know, it's not, it's probably smut. So just don't do it. Adult fantasy NFT is the Twitter handle and you can pop over to adultfantasy.io. Uh, and that's where you can find all the goodness and all the cool links, uh, all the stuff that'll keep you safe and warm and cozy. Uh, and with that, I am super excited tonight uh, to introduce uh, two people from a phenomenal project. I'm very excited to have them in our universe and to introduce them to you guys. Um, I'd love to introduce Leo and Mike from Decentralized Pictures. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Good to be here. Thanks for having us, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. So... First question, only question, what the heck is Decentralized Pictures, guys? Good sure. Question. You, you, good question. You want me to jump in, Leo? You want to take this one? Uh, I'll, I'll go first, and then I'll, I'll fill in the blanks, sure, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. So uh, what Decentralized Pictures is, we use blockchain technology to incentivize large amounts of opinion data from our community and our communities. Anyone and everyone who wants to sign up and give and, and is interested in film filmmakers, film lovers, film fans. Uh, and, and we use uh, our token to incentivize opinions from our community to help make the decisions and make the decisions about which projects we finance and support from our film fund and our network of industry, film industry partners. And that's a network that we've, that Leo and, and our co-founder Roman Coppola and I have, and our team have worked at, uh, at building over the last few years. Just to give a little bit of background, decentralized pictures, uh, was uh, is an outgrowth really of American Zoetrope, which is the film company that Francis Coppola and George Lucas founded in 1969. And like American Zoetrope, Decentralized Pictures is about finding uh, great filmmaking talent and content and supporting it. 
with all of its resources and and it's and it's really it is founded on the shoulders of American Zoetrope. So we, you know we at the company I'm head of production at American Zoetrope and we have you know 40 50 years of relationships in the film industry uh, it, at studios, agencies, production companies. And we have taken all of those resources and made those available to the filmmakers who our community says they really love and want and want their films to get made. So just really, really simply, the way it works is we'll post an award, let's say $50,000 or $100,000 uh, for, for finishing funds or for financing for the film, for a film. Filmmakers who have projects that fit with, with the call for submissions submit their projects. I think they can do pitch videos, a pitch, they can, they can present their project any way they want to, and they're pitching it to the community. And, and in, in order to do that, they have to pay a submission fee in our film credits, our, our crypto graphic token. Those film credits get put, locked into a smart contract that pay out other members of the community for reading and review, reviewing and rating those projects. So it's in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion, uh. filmmakers are incentivizing other members of the community uh, uh, to give their opinion about the project. And then it, we, with all of that data that we gather uh, about how the community is responding to, to all of the submissions, we then we, we use that data to, to make the decisions about what to back. And then once a, a filmmaker is selected, uh, they it, DCP's mission is to back that filmmaker, provide that financing and that other support. DCP doesn't take any IP ownership over the project. Um, we're just here to, you know, we're making an DCP is making an investment in the film. So we want to see that filmmaker and, and their vision succeed. So DCP gets behind the project. Um, and um, yeah, that's, that's I'll DCP. Just throw, throw a couple more little tidbits of alpha in there. Um, we are a 501c3 decentralized pictures, or as we we're saying, DCP is for short because it's a lot to say over and over. Um, and, and, you know, it's important to note. There are there have been other public submission portals for people to, you know, submit their work and hopefully get it swooped up by a Web2 company or whatnot. I know Amazon did that uh, with their studio uh, portal, but um, there was a problem and we talked to them about this. It was, you know, the drinking from a fire hose problem, as we call it, where you get so much inflow. How do you filter through it all? You need a huge development department and. You know, there's just not enough resources to review that much material. So the way we're trying to solve that problem is by outsourcing the review to the world. So you tell us which project of the ones that have been submitted you want to see. And then, you know, essentially you are being paid for doing that in a peer to peer fashion from, uh, you know, submitter to reviewer. Um, you're paid to give that peer review, which which gives you know, the insights in, into mitigating the risk from our fund, right? Like part of the reason um, studios and production companies lean towards not picking up original content and going with known IP is, is just simply because of the risk mitigation, right? There's mm -hmm. some guy at the top of the studio whose head's on the chopping block if they don't make their, <laughs> make their quota. And, right. um, you know, so how do they do that? Oh, well, let's go with the risky the most risk averse option. And, and that tends to be, you know, remakes and, and IP uh, that has a following already. So our strategy to mitigate that risk for new content and, and you know, content from demographics that haven't had enough of a voice is to get it pre-money, you know, and, and peer review 
that content and pay the reviewers to give their opinions about what they want to see. The last thing I'll say is we go, we, we are a 501c3, not, you know, public charity, nonprofit. Um, but we do enter into financing agreements with the filmmakers. So mm. we stand to recoup and we stand to, you know, share in profit. However, Decentralized Pictures is a non-stock corporation. There's no equity ownership in it. And our mission, according to our you know, IRS filing, is to support artists from communities and uh, from independent, the independent film world. So all of revenue, whether it's recoupment or any share of profit, goes back into the film fund for future artists. So we're trying to create this evergreen fund uh, that you know, is available to anyone in the world that, that you know, can prove that uh that the world actually wants to see their film made i love this i i think something that i'm very curious about that you guys touched on a little bit is that you know in the web3 space um 99 of the of the companies or slash projects that are in it are brand new right they don't have they don't necessarily have an established background you know either they don't have an established background personally or even if they do have an established background personally, the company that they've founded is recent in order to address the opportunity in Web3. And so I'm, I think it's, it says something really special when an established company or an established brand comes in and says, yeah, we're actually going to change. Like you're modifying a business model, which I think is, is extremely ballsy. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious at that decision-making process because it's it's i think when you have an established company um especially one that's lasted decades it's sort of like it's sort of like this giant ship that's been going this direction and one direction for an extended period of time and to all of a sudden to try to turn it it's not it's a lot of oftentimes it's not simple right i can imagine the discussions and the debates and the and the just the education that's needed to do that. So I'm really curious about how, how that went and, and what was the, how were you able to get everybody, you know, all the stakeholders, whatever, like, how were you able to get everybody on the, on, on board on this thing? Well, yeah. I, sorry. No, go, go, go for it. Mike. Well, I'm I, gonna... I, so, so, I, so, I, well, as a head of production in American Zotrope, I think from the institutional side of things, um, uh, let me, I'll start off, uh, the idea was original. So I think the way I would answer that is say that to say that it really is sort of a confluence of a lot of a, a lot of just the right factors to, to make it be make this idea be well received and 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 have the opportunity for it to be, you know, implemented and and, and carried further. So, you know, before so before uh, Leo, you know, and I started working on D on DCP. Leo was a producer at Roman Coppola's commercial production company. And those two companies shared the same office space. And, um, and, and you know, and Leo has, has been an early adopter of blockchain and crypto. And the, the original, like very original kernel of an idea, um, and it's evolved somewhat, but the original idea was Leo's and he brought it to me. And, and then we started building it and we, then we brought it to Roman. But like the, 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 the environment was was really ripe for that because, you know, Roman, what Roman has always been about is, is, you know, putting putting all the people on all the all the, you know, the companies that he has, that, you know, working together to cross pollinate ideas 
and uh, and and really cultivate them and nurture them and make them grow. And he kind of, in a way, he I mean, he, he has he has his commercial production company, which has is a business, and American Zoetrope is a film business, and he has other sort of things. But really, it's all one big skunk works that is just looking for great ideas. And you know, R Roman and the Coppolas have all always been about looking one looking for new technology in filmmaking. Uh, and Francis, you know, his family has really been a, has been a pioneer in so many different areas, so many different technological aspects of filmmaking from there. Roman's grandfather, great grandfather was great grandfather. The, yeah, great, great grandfather grand. built the Vitaphone that synced sound. And then Francis was a pioneer in using flat, the flatbed editing machine. And the very, and, very first film uh, was the sound of was uh the the, the jazz singer the jazz right? singer the jazz right. singer yeah he built the microphone for the, right and and then francis was one of the first filmmakers to use video to use a video monitor video village and um video playback on set and and just all of these things they, they've just always been very open to new completely fresh out of left field ideas and then you you combine that with a, a, an intimate understanding of the film industry and how the film industry works and you know, where are those very precise, you know, things that can be fixed and be, can be addressed. And that helped us to really find the just the right use case for blockchain to apply to the film industry. Anyway, so the point is that all of these things just kind of came together perfectly. I don't know if it could have happened. I don't know what it's like at other places. And if the environment is such that, you know, there's there's a, a, a willingness uh, for new ideas and, and new sort of like evolution. But it, it was just the right, you know, kind of, you know, um, uh, breeding ground. And we, Leo and I worked on this for a couple, like a, a few months, just putting together the idea and a business plan. And then we brought it to Roman and he was like, wow, to let go, great, that, go for it. I mean, and the other thing too is, you know, American Zoetrope has always been about, as I said before, supporting, you know, new and independent filmmakers, uh, taking a risk on new talent. You know, uh, and uh, and also about community, about a community of, of creatives. Actually, Francis had uh, founded a website at zoetrope.com in the late 90s, where the idea is you come in and you give some creative, you know, contribution to the community, and then you get something in return. And then it all sort of builds. The idea is that if you're a writer and you want to get peer review from from your from the community, you've got to review five other submissions from other writers, and then once you do that, you earn up enough of a kind of balance to then submit your stuff, get some notes, and and you can then you can be a part of this collaborative community. So all of those pieces were there, and and it was sort of like right place, right time. That's kind of how I would describe it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I would just say you know to touch on and add to what Mike said, you know him and. George, my understanding is they started Zoetrope in San Francisco because they wanted to sort of take a step away from the typical, you know, thinking that was happening in Hollywood at the time. I mean, they both went to film school in L.A. Francis went to UCLA and, and George went to USC. And there was almost this rivalry between them um, with their film, with their short films and whatnot. And um, the, my understanding is that they're like, you know, we need this creative driven production company not not this formulaic decision making driven product, production studios that existed and, and so that that same ethos has continued uh with american zoetrope till today um 
But I'll just say that there was sort of a little tidbit of history that happened prior to Mike and I pitching this idea. Um, and it was um, Roman and I started this Bitcoin mining operation back in 2012 or 2013 in one of his sound stages in Burbank. And we had this annex area next to which we use for casting uh, next door. And we knew that we were having to move out of it. So there was like a few months left on the lease and we weren't going to be using it anymore. So we just like set up this this operation in there. And, it, um, you know, it didn't do very well at the time. We were kind of breaking even and, you know, but we were still mining quite a few Bitcoins. And um, we ended up paying the electricity and whatnot with cash or fiat. And then like, you know, I think it was 2016 when I came to, to came up with it. it was after Ethereum had come out and smart contracts were real. Um, you know, we started conceiving ways of how to bring this tech to uh, to the film world. And um, so it was several years later and those those Bitcoins were now, you know, quite valuable. Yeah. So um, there, the, he had a little small taste of, of Bitcoin or of crypto that had that had done him well. So it was like more crypto stuff. Sure. Let's go for it. Let's do it. That's awesome. That's that's yeah. actually kind of a little similar. So I have a similar story with NFTs. I was in a um, in New York and uh, I was at uh, a meetup, um, deep like tech dev meetup. And uh, they were talking about this brand new tech. This was, I, I want to say it was 2013. Um but they were really deep tech. You were talking about this brand new technology that they had where they could actually um, uh, tie uh, any image uh, to, to, like, to a smart contract, right? I don't even think it was called a smart contract. They were talking about the, the hash rate and all this kind of stuff, but basically making any, any image unique and identifiable on a, on a permanent and immutable basis. Uh -huh. and, and I had an art startup at the time, uh, and I just remember thinking, like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard, but it was so, it was so like high level, you know what I mean? So deep for me, right. I was like, okay, well, I gotta, I just, I kind of put that, locked that up and put it, stored that away and uh, kind of went on with my own stuff. And then coming back in like uh, 2020, you know, and seeing, I was just blown away. All of a sudden <laughs> there was a massive industry and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe, I've missed it, you know? So just like had to jump in. It's really, I think it's, fascinating how how it's been out that all this stuff has been out for long enough where it's maybe touched people in subtle ways like either you tried it and you moved on or you remembered it or a friend yeah my my nephew made a couple grand off it or whatever and it and it really starts to i think it builds that way you know yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i mean the the funny thing is, is, you know, people on the web has been hashing images for, you know, I feel like decades. I'm not sure. But the technology of taking a digital file and creating a unique hash out of it is not new. But being able to store that in such a way that it's immutable and auditable on a blockchain, that's that's sort of where the innovation comes in. And I feel like people were, I mean, people were talking about, was it... Um, Oh, shoot. His name's slipping my mind right now. But smart contracts back in the 90s uh, in like, you know, the cypherpunk mailing list and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I feel like so the, the the theories were there. Right. And and once the technology actually existed, it was like, holy shit, mind blown. What can we do? How can we apply this to our industry? You know, which is like you know, independent film 
music videos, commercials, um, where are the, where are the problems? And our first sort of instinct was, oh my God, distribution, the accounting systems, the collection account managers, the, uh, the, you know, the, the shadiness of P and a budgets from distributors and all of the, you know, not to knock it. I mean, it is what it is. It's worked pretty well for a hundred years and, you know, there's been some amazing art and films that have come out of it. A lot of my favorite films are, you know, like old and, and, you know, people probably haven't heard of them, but <laughs> my, point, my point is that, you know, um, there's always sort of been like, there's reasons that these giant films like, you know, Lord of the Rings, for example, end up in lawsuits between studios and, and the filmmakers um, because it's making a billion dollars, but they're saying it lost money. Um, so we thought, well, wow, let's go towards that end of the film life cycle. I mean, there's gotta be benefits to having transparency in, in the, you know, revenue collection of a film. Then we quickly realized that we needed the help of all of these incumbents, if you will, that uh, were going to help us try and build this network. And mm -hmm. so we were like, well, maybe let's not go to war with them quite yet. <laughs> so <clears throat> we need to build a community first. We need to get some traction and, and some, some power, uh, not power, but like, you know, get a following and, and so that we can actually do something and have it mean something. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were like, every kid out of film school i remember i went to film school mike did fil some film classes as well and you know everyone all, all everyone would talk about is how do i get financing for my movie i have this great script i have these amazing ideas everyone's got it's, an amazing it's idea. universal man it's and, universal for creative yeah and so we're like well people will beg borrow and steal to to get financing for the films why don't we start there and then we can use the you know not use but get the assistance of the incumbents that we already have relationships with to help us push this initiative to really make a difference hopefully you know discover some great talent curate some great content and then we can start moving to other ends of the film life cycle and use this technology and there's plenty of people that are already going after that that sector um and i'm sure someone's going to crack it yeah but we've always had a vision of, of eventually going there um because you know it's ripe for disruption so anyway for sure man I, i'm i'm also i'm really curious too about the this idea of you know you're creating this this peer-to-peer -peer submission feed um i i it's on the surface it, so it sounds awesome, but having <laughs> ha, coming from a project that that is in a similar vein, we I'll tell you what happens to us. We routinely come up with things like we have a we have a we have a what we call a, a stool, uh, and it's like a a storytelling stool, right? So we have a we're, we're creating the foundation, and the way to support that foundation of of brand new characters and universe building, we have different legs of the stool that support it really simple sure. um some of it is a thirty thousand foot view we have something called the lore games which is sort of our our large milestones like these big universal um immovable uh storylines that we can kind of work with and then and then uh, uh the the second leg of the stool that we came up with was basically like a character generation system right and so people can submit and and we have a different we run it via uh different contests and then as as people win those contests, they they end up taking part in. Uh, basically, the reward for the contest is is actually 
uh, winning a percentage of the pool from the primary sales that come from the sale of those characters, right? As those characters are integrated into the universe. Um, sounds simple and I can talk it, I can say it in like 30 seconds, right? It's pretty like, oh yeah, it's really cool. When we go to write it, when we, when we went originally to, to write the instructions and kind of the directions and like, okay, here's how it's going to work. It turned into like, like a 12 or 16 page paper. Like it was just like, cause you, you start thinking about all the stuff, like, well, what if this, and how do you balance that? And, and so for something with film where you have all of this inflow and then this, the support, how do you, what's that pipeline like? Cause it's gotta well, be, it sounds simple, but I know it's, it's, yeah, no, I I know exactly. I mean, there's a reason the term too many cooks in the kitchen exists, mm -hmm. right? Um, so the way we see it is you go out and you create your story, you are depending on what the what the submission is. Right now we have a this is a good example. We have a um, an award that's in partnership with Kevin Smith. It's for a screenplay stage development stage submission. So all you need is a comedy script. Uh, I think it's 25 pages or less. And then we'll give you, uh, I think $40,000 and Kevin's production team is going to help you produce it. And the idea is that you'll have this launch pad to create a comedy series or, or a feature film out of at the end, you know, you have this really cool piece of content that'll sell, sell the idea to, to, you know, get financing or to a studio, depending on what direction you want to go. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you get your script chosen by the community you've earned that creative freedom, right? Like we're not trying to tell you how to make your film. You know, uh, we're saying, wow, this person made it through the gauntlet of all these criticizers and the review. And at the end of the day, they, they, their creative was chosen. Um, they deserve that freedom. They've earned it, right? The, the creative like right to, to tell their story. Um, so we're not in a decentralized way creating stories. So I just want to be clear about that. Although we do have a tool, <laughs> total digress, excuse me, I'm fighting a cold right now. <laughs> we have a tool in the community that we call Creative Queries, where you can pay a bounty into a contract and ask the community to give you creative feedback on something. So you say like, you know, which scene is, is scarier of these two? It's the same scene with slight tweaks and they can choose or, or which movie poster you know, makes you want to see the film more, or which trailer makes you want to see the film more. So we do have a tool to get that feedback and it breaks it down by demographic and whatnot. So someone can quickly see which audiences are liking a but, certain thing better. But uh, anyway, I'll shut up in a sec. Um, but we, we, we totally uh, understand. And, and this is one thing that, you know, Roman has been very clear about. It's like you have these really cool ideas and they have like crisp, hard edges and they're like gritty and cool. And then you, put it through a rock tumbler of like a thousand people giving their input. And all of a sudden those edges are rounded out and it's like, mm. you know, it's kind of this, uh, it's Smooth marble. lowest, lowest yeah. common denominator yeah. idea, yeah. then that ruins it. But if people, enough people vote and say, this guy knows what he's doing. He's clearly got a cool vision. I like his approach. His references are rad. Let's give this dude a shot. And then they can, you know, they, they earn that creative freedom. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, the creative query function, it, it allows the creative to, to choose where they want to get, you know, help ha enlist the community to help make a big decision. And there are points in the creative process where a creative may need help or might want input. Um, and I, I've seen it many, many times in the editing room. Do we, do we cut a scene like this? Or we cut a scene like, do we have, 
do we have it be just music with no no you know sound effects and no dialogue or do we mix it in i mean there there are a lot of moments i've been in that you know but but we let the creative drive that process so mm -hmm. so i mean that yeah what dcp is about is community you select the creative but once the community this creative has been selected then we get behind you and what you want to do and and just and it's about support yeah oh that's awesome um awesome um really quick we're gonna jump in the chat say hello to everybody uh dusty always likes me to say hello to him <laughs> so dusty what's up how you doing man hey dusty <laughs> hey dusty hey g how you doing let's go uh willie d what's up welcome carrots how you doing here we go uh mk is here what's up mk how you doing uh kg has a really good question he says uh tell us more about the talent net blockchain did you guys create that yeah so um our me and the dev team uh created the talent net well we took we stood on the shoulders of of giants and and forked some software to create it but we we made significant modifications to it to uh make it more viable for our use case and there's a reason for that um um which i can get into but really we we uh we wanted and part of this is sort of again back to roman's sort of really creative mind and and grandi your grandiosa sort of vision for this is like he wanted to create what they call what he calls the the virtual studio where right now we've created the first app in that studio which is the financing department and you know that's where we make decisions on on where to allocate funds from the fund um, and so, you know, we, we rely on this decentralized community voting protocol to, to tell us which creative to, to put money behind. Um, but, you know, we've also thought that this methodology we're using could be applied to casting. It could be applied to locations. It could be applied to, you know, sales and distribution, mm -hmm. even costume design and, and many other cool creative, uh, functions that tend to have centralized decision-making processes, uh, behind them. <laughs> Um, so, you know, to get back to your sort of like too many cooks in the kitchen problem, um, you know, if we, if we allow people to have the creative freedom and then have people vote on which, which creative idea or approach is the best, then maybe we can work together and so help you solve that. But anyway, uh, talent net, um, is, is a blockchain it's uh, proof of stake, um, and so the reason that we really needed it rather than doing, using a layer two or. Ethereum is, is simply the gas fees. We wanted to make sure that our, our apps are 100% transparent and uh, auditable and immutable. So that means every interaction within the application is recorded on the chain. But all of a sudden, you can start paying some serious gas fees. And it's all about the incentivization model that we're trying to achieve here. So we're trying to solve that, what I call the drinking from a fire hose problem by incentivizing the world to, to give us opinions on this stuff, right? It's like, Think about a Kickstarter in reverse, right? Like someone goes out to the world and says, hey, give me money for my project. Well, the opposite is like, hey, I'm going to pay you to tell me if you like this project or not. If you like it, then DCP is going to give me money for my project. Um, so if someone has to pay a you know, very fluctuating gas price to vote on one of these things, mm -hmm. um, the incentive could be significantly destroyed, right? And we didn't want to be beholden to some other protocol and some other team that doesn't really give a crap about us. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was, uh, it was sort of a decision, like, do we not put everything on chain and do we batch transactions in a centralized way and then 
publish them all at once at the end of the day or every hour or every 10 minutes, there's still this element of trust then all of a sudden. It's like, well, what's the point of if we're going to, you know, do this, we need to make it like truly, uh, you know, decentralized really because if, if, if you have to trust that we're going to take all the voter data for a certain period of time and then publish it to the chain later it's it almost defeats the purpose i mean if you're doing it every five seconds or whatever but um, then the gas is really high so we wanted to be in control of our own destiny and and that after very much research and at the time when we were developing this i'm talking 2018 there wasn't a heck of a lot of options that uh that made sense in the layer two world so we we're like well um let's just make our own chain and uh and so that's what we did and that's the talent net and um i see another thing film credit nodes sound interesting yeah absolutely we'd love it if you come run a node it's free to download the software spin it up on your macbook pro you know the computer needs to stay on um and, but you need uh, at least one reel we call them film reels so a reel is a thousand film credits. Uh, you need at least one reel to be a node op, but um, you know that's not a huge investment. So, so what's the, what is the film credit node? A film credit node is just a piece of software you download from our GitHub and spin it up on on your server or on your laptop, and you contribute to you know validating transactions on the network. It helps decentralize the network, and you will earn uh, you know for doing so uh, in a proof of stake fashion. Just like running a node on Ethereum now or any other proof of stake blockchain. That's awesome. That's uh, that's a, so you're really like you really kind of you guys really went after it in a, in a kind of a 360 way. Like you just I mean, most most projects or most companies don't say, yeah, let's just, you know, launch our own blockchain. <laughs> well, we're kind of I'm a little bit of a nerd um, and Roman likes doing interesting, random, you know, ex very experimental ideas. Uh, and you know, we have a great team that we that we work with, um, in Canada and around the world. And, and of course here in LA, um, and it just made sense. So, um, you know, we control our own destiny now. And so the last thing I'll say is we pay for all the gas within it, all the applications that we're going to, that we're going to develop and the ones that are live now, mm. uh, <clears throat> any interaction within those applications, the foundation pays the gas for. So it bolsters that incentive mechanism that we're trying to create for that engagement and that peer review process. And, and what we'd love, what we'd like, our, our vision here is like Leo said, he, you know, the goal is to create a, a virtual studio with other applications. And as Leo described, we have ideas um, uh, that we're working on for other applications in the film and art space, but it's open source software. So anyone can come on and, and, and develop their own application where the film you know ideally the film credit is is the is the, the the currency that drives everything but you know you could go on to decentralized pictures review some projects earn some film credits and then go on to the casting app and and submit your you know submit your reel uh to be considered on the casting app and then uh or you could go take it somewhere else and create an nf some uh, you know some nfts to to help finance your project and 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 so it can be a, a, a one-stop shop where filmmakers and creatives can find a lot of services and resources. No, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Harry. What's up, Harry? How you doing? What's up? Uh, Natasha, how are you? Hey, no worries. You're never late. You're always on time. It's all good. <laughs> uh, uh, 
KG says, uh, uh, that's the way to do it. You control everything uh, to help and run your project. So cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that, you know, whole film credit and, and talent network is actually Francis had this idea. This is, you know, something that was back in the 90s pre-crypto um, to call what he to create what he called the, the Cree, which was in essence, a creative credit. And Mike touched on it quickly with, with Zootrope.com, but he wanted to create this thing called the virtual studio. Uh, and the technology didn't exist at the time to do it. But, you know, like Mike alluded, he's a visionary. He just had this idea, like, what if people could earn merit points from other creatives in this community that he was like, you know, built over many years, and then they could cash him in like, oh, I did this freebie movie for you. Or, you know, I did I shot it or I did the sound on it or whatever it was. Um, I need you now because I'm trying to pull off this film for no budget. And, you know, come on uh, here. I'm cashing in these these Cree credits. So, uh, you know, that that was part of the you know, we really wanted to, to, to create that thing that he had envisioned 25 years earlier. Well, and, and to kind of connect it really back to like the, the life on the ground, uh, you know, in the in the muck. Uh, uh, for filmmakers, you know, there's there's always this thing for people in film, whether you're a writer or a gaffer or director or an actor or what you know, whatever, you know, there's all this sweat equity or or, or producer, producers too, um, maybe producers especially, but uh, but there's this sweat equity, right? Like you put in all this work to get a project going, um, to get it to put it together, um, you know, get people like Leo. So you get your your buddies to to be a camera op and, and, and the DP and, and to act. And, and then you, you know, you make this thing and you build up all this sweat equity and there should be some way to like, to, to cash that in or to use that or pay that forward to the next project. And uh, any, you know, anybody who's worked in independent film, you know, knows what that is. And that would be great if we could, if we could make the film credit that, that, you know, and and again, yeah, Francis had the idea. That's just how, how visionary he is in the '90s. But if the film credit could become that that representation of of sweat equity, creative sweat equity, where collaborators could come and polish up a script, uh, you know, and then take what they earn from doing that to, um, you know, submitting on DCP. I mean, all of this, and 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 it just um, kind of goes in a in a in a you know virtuous cycle. Yeah, I definitely think you guys have hit on something that that is um, it, it absolutely lends itself to being the future of how we do things. Right. And I think it's not just and I think you guys know this. I, I think I'm preaching the choir, but it's not just it, it applies to film and storytelling, but it but not just this. Right. Like if you look at if you look at what a lot of the a lot of the DAOs are trying to do, it's a very similar type of process. Right. Um, but I think what makes what what. I find so fascinating with, with what you guys are doing is that you're able to, you're able to create this, this, this flywheel system where people come in, they, they, <clears throat> they pay, the community gets reimbursed. It, it, it creates this flywheel for the development of a project. But the, the reason it works is because you're able to leverage the history of the, of the company and the history of the people involved. Right? Like that's, that's such an interesting it's a unique dynamic, but when you think about it, it's a very interesting uh, mechanism, right? It's it's a it's a unique way to leverage the history of a company, other than just what most 
companies do and just use it as a bio on their we've been around 94 years or whatever like it's like great well what are you doing with that like you know. <laughs> well you, you know that that makes there this is something that i i talked to some you know folks in, in film three and and also in the film industry and um which is this is a might be a little bit in politic but but it, i think it's true and it's you know it's kind of worth talking about and the little the dirty little secret is that you know for a lot of you know people in the mainstream of filmmaking you know at you know it's successful studios and production companies and and you know actors and crew and you know for them you know they're they're just concerned with making their film right they're busy getting the film made whether it's at the independent film level or the studio level right. you know they're they're waiting to see how the film's performing and in box office and you know i have friends that you know this this goes for friends at universal to you know indie filmmakers who are who are scrappy um and and then you know and they don't they they are like there's a there there's a certain amount of adoption of of web3 that still needs to happen right yeah. and and in a lot of ways web3 and film are still somewhat separate worlds i mean obviously we're all we're all in the overlap right and we live in it and so it makes a lot of sense to us and and then for a lot of web3 people you know the 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 real like the way that the film industry really works and you know and, and the business of it really works from you know from sales agencies to you know and, and distributors um festival circuit and all and and getting a film made and getting it financed and um do you know doing financing deals you know they they you know aren't as aren't deeply you know in, entrenched in that and immersed in that and and i think it kind of took you know somebody who you know leo and his development team who are who are really you know experts in this and know you know web3 intimately and american zoetrope with its background and and its expertise in the film industry to find just that particular use case that that um may work we you know we're all experimental right we don't know what will work um but i think it's it's going to that's the thing is can you find that ju that just right use case that will that you know will work in the web with web3 folks but will also make the film you know film community sit up and take notice and um you know we obviously think that you know our um you know you know talent and content curation protocol um through this incentivized you know just you know collective decision making we think it makes a lot of sense obviously we're being a big bet on it and and we hope it will work we believe in it um but uh, you know we don't know and 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 it's i think that's what it is it's going to take that that you know that visionary that can can find just that right use case to really yeah. kind of crack the code well yeah. you know um i hope it works because it's really kind of a bummer when you know we've been pitching this project for a while and it's gotten a lot lot friggin easier let me tell you yeah, actually some of the projects or the companies rather that that yeah. decided to partner with us early on were <laughs> ones you wouldn't think like Fox Searchlight was one and Sony Pictures was another mm -hmm. big companies um, that, you know, were like, yeah, this sounds cool. Well, you know, they were like, yeah, send us good, good projects when they come through the pipeline. We'd love to take a look and consider them. And we we're like, fuck. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry. My, I hope I'm, not, I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> but, um, but some of them, the biggest criticism we got was guys, 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 hold on a sec. You know, we love what you're doing, but we, we tell people what to like. We right. don't ask them what, to, what they want to see. We tell them 
people don't know what they like to like, you know, we tell them through advertising and that's how it's been. It's how it's always going to be. And it's like, so it was, I remember being like so bummed after like the first time that was said to us by like a big, you know, person in the industry. And I was like, fuck, I was just like set out to prove them wrong. Right. Like I was like, you know, a large diversified group should yeah. in theory have a better dis creative decision-making capability than a small decentralized oh. friggin' non-diverse group of like studio execs in a boardroom. Um, and I know some people are really good at analyzing creative, but you know, come on, like, yeah, hundred percent. It's just about sample size and and statistics. You know, like, um, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, the thing is, is that it's it, it's, and I don't want to like, I don't want to draw any like fire here, but it's it's a little hypocritical to have that opinion, right? Because what do what does the establishment in the film industry do, right? We were just we were talking before this about you know comic books, right? What are comic books? Comic books were a cheap way to send around to a lot of people a lot of different stories, right? And 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 audiences over literally decades. I mean, you know, we were talking about Stan Lee and yeah. and everything he did over over this, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, over decades, they picked out the store those storylines that that resonated and that really like hit and really did well. And so then, you know, Marvel and Disney picked those out. And those characters, you know, and and they bet hundreds of millions of dollars on them, but they were selected by a large, broad, diversified group over a, over right. a long period of time. And that's like that's what happens with novels, you know, Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Um, and and so, you know, and then the, then what Hollywood does is is they find those stories and then they just hang on to them and they like do them again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so. And makes it difficult for original content to come through but but that's exactly what hollywood does already and they you know so to say uh that that they know they can pick out those those you know those stories is 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 really a little you know is not really accurate um and what dcp is really is is a sort of a hyper sped up way of doing the, the comic book right you're incentivizing a bunch of people to look at stories very quickly and say which one they like, right? So you pay them to do it. So they do it, you know, very fast, very quickly and and ensure they're being earnest and sincere. And so, so you know, really it audiences, you know, rule and, and uh, audiences um, are the ones that should be driving this. And I think that's what's great about blockchain and Web3 is that um, the democratizing effect of, of, of it. 100%. You guys hit on something major, I think. And that is it, it's something that we thought uh, with adult fantasy as well. And that is, you know, you it's it's not the it's certainly it's the creative team that comes up with the concept, right? Like you take you take the, like a character like Venom, you know, the Spider-Man adversary Venom. And certainly you had like the writer David Michelini and you had the artist Todd McFarlane and they came up with a really cool story and it just hits, you know, and it's like awesome. And, and as a kid, you're just like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like black superhero costume and it's an alien and it, the guy's buff. It's a bodybuilder. So it's not like a like Peter Parker skinny guy. It's like it's the antithesis and it just kind of draws you in. However, it's not the creators the, at, at, at the end of the day, it's the audience that makes that character what that character is you know and and so i know we were talking about uh, uh in the green room before like you know uh what i have behind me which i call the world's most expensive green screen <laughs> um and and you know with all these comics and graphic novels you know 
when Web3 came out and, and well, when I discovered Web3, I guess, you start looking at this stuff and you realize that what you were essentially looking at are tokens. You know, it was it was my, it was our oh. collective, like buying of the comic book, you know, in, in the hundreds of thousands or millions that gave the signal in, in you know, in the form of capital, but gave the signal uh, back to the, back to the editors and back to the publisher that said, oh, that's a hit. Yeah. Let's right. do more of that. And so all of a sudden there's more Venom books and Venom is in a video game and he's got his own mini series. Next thing you know, Sony's got a, a movie coming out. Like it's, it took, it takes a while to happen, but the reason, the reason that exists is because you had like, it's a very slow feedback loop. Right. And I think web three gives us the ability to do that faster that feedback loop happens at a, at a at a lightning speed, and it allows us to do what should have been done, or or maybe I don't know if it's fair to say that it should be done when I don't know how possible it would have been done uh, before Web three. But but you now have the ability for for people, um, an audience, uh, to come in and submit their ideas and to and to become not just a part of the creation process, but by becoming a by allowing them to become a part of the creation process you're you're creating an evangelist for that property or for that or for that uh project right and so you're creating you're building the audience around the thing uh that will hopefully have life and the bigger the feedback loop is and the more people get to be involved in within it the more they're going to support it you know yep. human beings human beings have this thing where we don't most people don't don't crap on things that they helped create Right. And and so when you open the door and you allow thousands of people to come in and give their opinion and support something, they're naturally going to promote it and talk about it and share it because they helped create it. There's a piece of them in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were part yeah. of the green lighting process, essentially. Right. Like they yeah. were that team that was like, this is cool. I want to see it. And when it actually happens and comes to fruition, they're going to be excited that they, you know, put in their their you know opinion and, and helped it get to where it was um, absolutely and the more that the creators involve the the fans in that process i think the more sort of i don't know if you call it nostalgia or whatever that like participation emotion is um i think it'll only become stronger absolutely oh, yeah yeah oh i see we got a couple more questions here so uh ray just what's up he says shoot i was planning on being early you're always early man okay <laughs> Um, Hari mm -hmm. says, uh, is the talent net open for people to build on? Absolutely. We um, will only give support from our, you know, treasury and, and technical support for projects that are what we consider arts and culture focused. When we built talent net, we wanted it to be, you know, strictly an arts and culture focused blockchain. So, you know, art, music, film and everything in between. Um, so, you know, we're not encouraging people to go build DeFi apps on it necessarily, but um, absolutely, it's an open source, um, free open protocol. You can build whatever you want. We can't stop you from doing that. You can actually write smart contracts in uh, JavaScript and, and Python and um, LIGO as well. So yeah, feel free. I'd love to see if you have some cool apps, um, send them, I'll, I'll check them out. I'd love to, to collaborate as well. I see. Um, there's another collaboration question down there somewhere. Yep. Yep. KG is saying, uh, 
Are you guys looking at any collabs? Lots of Web3 story and art projects in the space. KG's looking out. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. We've um, been talking to a number of other Web3 uh, projects in the film space. Uh, and we're going to have, we've, you know, uh, we just uh, did the, the Film 3 Summit in LA here a few weeks ago with the NFT Film Squad and Bingeable and uh, the Disruptors and um, many other projects. Uh, companies that were involved beam is one of them <laughs> i'm sick right now so my brain isn't working properly but I, I know there's about a half a dozen others that i can't think of um and um yeah if you got some ideas please reach out you can uh hit us up in the discord um or there's a contact form on our website we always get back to people quickly that's awesome how how has so since you guys have started this i i i can see one of the challenges that I would have with this personally is that there's so much opportunity. It's hard to not overextend yourself, right? Because you're like, well, we can do this with the art department. We can do this with costuming. We can do this with you know, cinematography. Like you can do it with pretty much anything, right? It's a really interesting model to, to rev this up. So yeah. how, how, so I guess the question, it's a, I don't know, a couple questions. Like, well, the first one that I have is like, how do you remain focused on this one area right now? And then the second is like, since it's a new concept, uh, like how, how has the adoption been? Right. And are you, and, and what's been the uh, challenge with that? So I guess that's a, a bunch of stuff in there. But it's a yeah. Great question. Go yeah ahead, well, 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 we're, I mean, one, we're focusing on the financing aspect uh, of filmmaking we're on financing through decentralized pictures through DCP. And, and, you know, because we think that that has the, a lot of appeal and, and people can relate to that. And it's, you know, presenting stories to the community and letting the community give their opinion. So we, I, we think it, you know, it facilitates a lot of engagement. Um, and we're using this, uh, this first app to build the community. And, and, and so that's our goal. When, once we build that community and that following and that adopt, get that adoption, you know, as as that community grows, we'll start. To, we are we plan to start adding additional apps, right? Um, now, if other of other people come in and and put apps on top of decentralized on top of the talent net, great. Like you know, and, and if they can integrate with DCP, so somebody can come to DCP, get financing, and then go to another app, and 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 that can help them along in the film process. We're, like we're we're great with that. But what we, Leo and Roman and I and our team are focusing on right now is DCP and and really using that to build the community. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And the adoption uh, early on, I mean, we uh, launched publicly at the end of May at the Cannes Film Festival this year. Mm -hmm. uh, it just happened to be like right around when uh, Terra Luna kind of spiraled out. <laughs> um, so it was right around the you know start of this crypto winter that I'd say we're in the middle of right now. Yeah. Um, and... There's a blizzard going on today, I'll tell you. But, um, uh, you know, actually, we've been growing exponentially month over month um, for the last six months since we launched. So um, we're, we're quite happy and, and we hope by this time next year to, you know, continue that trend and, and be able to look back and say, wow, we helped discover this filmmaker. We helped get this film made. Uh our success is going to really be determined by the success of the people that we support. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe this, this time next year we can do this again and you can ask us how successful we've been with the films, but actually we have, 
one per film in particular that we just we just did a, a completion funds for documentary financing award with in partnership with the Gotham Film and Media Institute. The film that won is really just fantastic. I can't wait to to share it with the world. Um, it's going to definitely do a big festival, and we're just lucky to uh, have been able to be a be a part of it uh um, let's let's tell them about it i don't think there's no embargo on talking about it it's yeah it's, it's called the 15th parish it's about um you know sort of reggae and how it came into to new york city in the 70s oh, wow. and 80s and how it had a huge influence on hip-hop culture in america yeah. um and uh some of the artists that are in it are super cool some of the the knowledge and history so going into like africa bimbata and all that kind of stuff yeah all 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 you know it's it's super cool and and a lot of it actually one one of my favorite characters in it is this oh man i can't remember her name sorry but um it's this this woman who had this record repair shop in jamaica that came to queens and she started this record shop and she would bring all of these reggae these, these reggae records into and it was like one of the only it was basically the only store in new york that you could get these reggae records at so everyone sort of congregated there and it started this movement and it had a big impact on on the culture for for not only reggae but hip-hop and other genres too like um, drum and bass and whatnot so uh yeah super cool and proud to be a part of that um and uh yeah, some of the awards that we're looking at right now with this this financing, uh, another completion funds for narrative film uh, in partnership with Steven Soderbergh. Um, we're lucky enough to have, uh, very grateful that he gave us a big donation to to offer to the to the filmmakers in our community. Um, and some of the films that have come in for that are really spectacular. Uh, and so it's going to be really tough to decide which one is going to be the winner or which few are going to be the winners for those so uh yeah we're, we're just super excited and it's going to try and stay as focused as we can to sort of go back to your question on you know doing exactly what we're trying to do right now really really well and if we could do that really well and it can be successful then we can you know once it is successful start to to expand to other departments of, and, of our and, virtual studio and and you know we're we Again, we we fo we're focusing on financing because we 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 felt like that there would be a good reception for that. As we were talking about before, filmmakers are all dying for funds. We're and we're giving away money, so that's something to, to that for people to remember oh. is that we are and and we're not we're not financing films with crypto. We are financing with fiat. So so the the, the documentary finishing funds is fifty thousand dollars USD. Um, you know we have three uh, awards partnership with Steven Soderbergh that are a hundred thousand dollars USD each, you know, to, for, for finishing funds for narrative projects. So we're uh, audi our audience, you know, if you're a filmmaker and you're looking for financing, we're, we're giving out money and, and the community decides. So come and make your pitch. That's awesome, man. I, I think I can see this being very big, you know, I can, I can. And I think the interesting thing too, is I, I, I believe that we're, early enough to where one of the keys of success is just being here and what i mean by that is is sticking through like times like this with a bear market or crypto blizzard or whatever you want to call it like like you know it's 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 a blessing and a curse right like the blessing is is like you're if you're here three months you're an og you know what i mean right. that's also the curse because people just come in and get wiped or they just make a money make their money and move on or whatever it is and just by being constant and consistent and staying there and and really really making that effort i know you guys are like like 
as a community, especially especially us as storytellers and and being in the space with so tied to the creative side, I think we have that responsibility to to be like almost be that that I don't want to say a light because that sounds cheesy as hell, but just be like, hey, we're here, we're not going anywhere, we're gonna be here, and use that as a signpost for other creatives to come in and say, hey, come in, the water's okay, you can make it. Like it's it's not as scary as it seems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I think and I think as more and more people come into that, um, especially around storytelling, I think you know story. Again, I'm biased, but story, I think storytelling projects are are the the cornerstone of the whole of the whole Web three uh, movement. Like it that it, 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 it we're the ones that are going to be here. You know what I mean? All the projects yeah. that came before, all the PFP things, even the even the most successful ones. What are they trying to do right now? They're trying to bolt on stories. To their pfp projects well, you know what's funny about what you say there is like you couldn't be more right you know like this technology is great i'm a true believer i've been in it for a long time but <laughs> storytelling and what makes a, a good story is not improved by this technology so at the end of the day you got to remember that like if you have a bad movie blockchain or pfps or nfts is not going to help it be a good movie you know um so it's you're exactly correct i mean focus on the story focus on the creative you know analysis like we're trying to do and uh the technology is just in the background to facilitate it and make it efficient and and you know incentivize the folks to participate in it but what makes a good story hasn't changed with the tech that's awesome um uh with that guys like this has been fantastic what a wonderful conversation um <laughs> yeah. where can we where can we point people to uh, uh, where should, if they, if people are just hearing about, about DCP, where, where can they jump in? Go and sign up at our app. Um, you can, uh, create an account for free. You can start reviewing for free. You can actually submit, uh, not for free, but with sweat equity, you don't actually have to buy anything. You can just come start reviewing people's projects and earn enough of a balance to submit your own idea. Um, if you want to be lazy and don't want to do that, you can, you can buy your way into a submission fee as well. Um, but yeah, go to the, the, the sites streaming across the bottom here, decentralized.pictures. You can read about the project there. If you go to app.decentralized.pictures, you can create an account at the app and uh, start checking out some of the cool stuff that's been submitted. We'd love to see you. Uh, from both of those, you can link to our Discord. There's tons of people in there that'll give you support and help. If you want to set up a node, uh, go to the infrastructure channel. If you want to uh, get some help submitting a project, there's a submission concierge channel and um, all the channels in between. We have an ambassador program. We have a what's called a, a minor concierge. So if you get your node set up and you need a little help getting your first reel, we can help you with that. Um, so yeah, we look forward to, to seeing you all in the community. Thanks so much for listening to our spiel. Absolutely. Uh, really quick. KG says, uh, great stuff, guys. Looking forward to learning more and getting involved. And MK says, going to go learn more. Thanks for giving your time tonight and go blue. <laughs> <laughs> go blue. Awesome. Got a Michigan uh, fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, 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 thank you guys so much. Everybody at home, thank you so much for showing up. Um, as always, please go check out Decentralized Pictures. They're phenomenal. Decentralized.pictures. Uh, uh, you can learn more there. Uh, and of course we will see you next time on adult fantasy. Well, I should say, uh, evening alpha, uh, I get, you know, it's late. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, please uh, uh, subscribe, like, comment, uh, help us out, get the word out. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time on Evening Alpha. Uh, thank you guys so much. And with that, take care. God bless. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time.